Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> And welcome to the Randomly Generated History Club, where us three non-historians, we pick a year at random and try to learn things about it. I'm Ant, and I'm here with my two friends, William and Anna. Hello. Hello. This week, we're talking about the year 1519. Uh, so as per usual, can we give our three words preview as a snapshot uh, judging by Will's face, he doesn't have three words ready. So, Anna, let's start with you. Okay, my three words are stop the beat. Stop the beat. Stop the beat. Stop the beat. Beat. Can you spell beat? B-E-A-T. Oh, no, no, not, not, beat, not beats. No, okay. but I, you should stop those because they're gross. They're amazing. <laughs> Will. Uh, my three words are man, not marmalade. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and mine is yummy, yummy spice. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> not marmalade. Not marmalade. Yummy, yummy spice. Okay. I think once again, we're all hungry. <laughs> this is the vibe that will carry us through the episode. Okay. So today, I'm going to cover off a part of history that is a little bit complex and a bit of controversy, so we should address it, but nonetheless is still a pretty big deal. We're going to talk about, in my segment, the Age of Exploration, mm. and in particular, one of the fathers of the Age of Exploration, who is... Christopher Columbus? Nope. Cortez? Oh, no. Uh, yeah, he's, 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 I tried to avoid him. Yeah. Uh, Magellan. Ah, Magellan. Magellan like Magellan. Mag- yeah, exactly. Magellan or Ferdinand Magellan. Uh, Ferdinand. Ferdinand. That's, that's what I Nando. said. Nando. Nan- Nando Mags. <laughs> uh, master of Maps. Uh, King of Compasses. Oh. Uh, Don of Discovery. <laughs> and like, yeah. great guy. Um, anyway, he started off his journey into being an adventurer as a page at the age of 12 in the court of the King John II of Portugal, where oh. he's from. So he's Portuguese. What is a page? As in like in a, a book? No. As in, <laughs> where as people in, would write words on, on them and then turn him over the have you side. Seen, um, have you seen Beauty and the Beast? Yes. You know how all those things are cursed to be a- animate? Oh, he was a cursed mm. book. He was a cursed book. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense to me. Yeah. After a few bands. years, he could, he could upgrade to being a candlestick or something. Yeah. No, it, these are like just like, I guess, like courtly boys. Quirky boys. Courtly, Court- as you can hear outside right now, there's some our <laughs> pages outside. <laughs> They're running wild They're running out wild. there. I hope the listeners could hear that. Otherwise, we're just <laughs> saying insane stuff. Anyway, so they're, they're Which just like is different from usual. Courtly boys, they wear frills. Yep. They learn things like geography, cartography, astronomy, and like 
applied adventuring, I guess. Um, <laughs> anyway, so in the Portuguese court of King John II, he eventually he does fall out of favour with the Portuguese king, uh, who then progressed to be Manuel I, mm-hmm. after he was accused of illegally trading with the Moors. Uh, a oh. charge that he denied, but led to his dismissal from the court. So he was page no more. They really closed the book on him. He left it. <laughs> they really closed the book. And so unable to further his uh, ambitions of being an explorer for Portugal, he decides to go to Spain in 1517. So he's Those about, guys will read anything. Yeah, he's about 25 at the time. Yeah, they'll read why couldn't I mean? Why couldn't you trade with the Moors? Like, who cares? Why, why couldn't you trade with the Moors? Well, yeah. you could trade with them legally, but not illegally. So I'm assuming there was I, I, I don't know some sort of. This like... is post post um, Reconquista, so yeah. they're the the big time oh. enemies again. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, they're yeah. not they're not like sort of in favor. Um, so anyway, uh, at this time, as we kind of all sort of know, uh, there was a massive rush to explore the world, and by explore, I mean exploit it for riches and suppress the civilizations you encounter. Um, another famous voyage to the New World uh, was under the Spanish conquistador Hernán Cortés, yeah. who went off to uh, visit with the Aztecs. And by visit, I mean brutally suppress S- and conquer and systematically yeah. destroy. Yeah. Um, so actually, interesting. Uh, apparently, uh, the the sort of Aztec capital at the time had about two hundred thousand people in it. So it was absolutely. Wow. It was massive. massive, you know, it was huge. Actually, and they... I thought it was more than that, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was... huge. Um, so Spain was obviously a huge proponent of this, and you know they're in competition with their arch fre- frenemies, which were the Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Ferdinand Magellan, um, he now decides to set off on one of his famous voyages to the Spice Islands, which is exactly where you'd want to go if you were in pursuit of. Spice, it's spice. spice. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. There was very valuable spice. Um, hit n- mid nineties Brit pop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Girl power flavor. <laughs> so, uh, is sponsored by the Spanish Crown, and Magellan was inspri- inspired by this promise of vast wealth that could be acquired from the spice trade. And uh, so, the expedition then set sail in September twentieth, fifteen nineteen, from San Lucar in Spain, with a fleet of five ships and about two hundred and seventy adventuring men. Mm. Wow. And they're all men, of course, because that was how it was done. Oh, yeah, you um, can't have a woman on a ship. We have no sense of balance. <laughs> I mean, you don't have a sense of balance, but I don't think we can extrapolate that to all women. No, I am the perfect exemplar of womankind. <laughs> and they all needed to be spiced. They all needed to. The spice must flow. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and so they went off with the Harkonnens. Um, no, so the the goal of this ambitious voyage was to find a western route to the Spice Islands that was a, to avoid the well-established and this dangerous route around Africa, that was dangerous for storms and weather systems, etc. But also because it was controlled by the Portuguese, so you know, frenemies didn't really want to do that. Yeah. Um, as such, this expedition has often been described as an endeavor to circumnavigate the globe even though that was not really the original intention. It kind huh. of just happened by happenstance. He yeah. didn't say, you know, like, if you think about it, mm. who's going to sponsor, yeah, you want to circumnavigate the, goal, the world? Or like, oh, you want to cross into, like, the Middle East? It's like, no, 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 you, you want to go for oil. Like, yeah. you know, and just happen across the Middle <laughs> East, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so they kind of just stumbled into the sort of circumnavigation by mistake uh, because they just kind of, like, kept on 
going left, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and the globe kept on being a sphere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the significant achievements of the expedition was the discovery of the strait at the southern end of South America that now bears Magellan's name, which is the Strait of Magellan. Ah. Yeah, the passage ah. enabled the fleet to navigate from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean, which Magellan famously, famously referred to as Mar Pacifico, or the Peaceful Sea, due to its relative calmness compared to the Atlantic. So he actually named the Pacific Ocean. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nice that he didn't name it after himself. It is, actually. I mean, he did name the Straits after himself, I guess. Well, you know, you know that's I mean, fine. He ran out of things that he could probably claim. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, the, the, the Pacific Ocean probably did have several other names to it. It's not like, you know... Anyone like the it's people like in no Ho- one had noticed it before. Yeah, the people in Hawaii just called it like yeah, know, like hey, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so despite this major accomplishment, the voyage was filled with um, you can say numerous hardships. The fleet endured extreme weather conditions. Uh, you know all the classics: scurvy, starvation, mutiny, and uh, I think I read conflict with indigenous populations. Oh. So by conflict, conflict probably reads some like absolutely brutal stuff uh, that the explorers inflicted upon them. And, you know, we're surprised at any repercussions that came their way. Yeah. (laughs) They were just there, you know, we're just coming out here to conquer. Like, you know, why would you, why would you resist this? We just found this whole brand new ocean that we, uh, that we found. Exactly. And that is ours. So by the time they actually reached the Pacific Ocean in November 1520, only three ships remained. Out of five. Out of five. Okay. Um, So quick quiz then just to recap mm-hmm. and a little bit of a little bit of spice into the story mm. as it were <laughs> who was the first person to circumnavigate the globe not magellan not magellan um oh hmm i don't know well don't know is definitely not the right answer <laughs> <laughs> but anna you're right apparently it's not magellan because he, tragically he died yeah, yeah he did he did the he did the one thing you can't do when trying to achieve something yeah. is, is die before die you achieve halfway it halfway through yeah so he did not complete the voyage himself he was killed in april 1521 during the battle of mactan in the philippines uh-huh. so uh he he died and therefore you know couldn't Sorry, continue. was that like by, effectively by locals trying to defend yeah. themselves? Yeah, yeah. Okay. They were they were doing something really simple, like going there, you know, taking land and <laughs> valuables. Yeah. And, you know, all Went this in, kind of probably. innocent, just, you know. Yeah. Uh, did they not know this age just of exploration? Normal. We're explorers. Yeah. Just, just, just lads, just <laughs> doing lad things. If you didn't want to be explored, you shouldn't have been there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just typical banter, locker room banter <laughs> stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, Absolutely. <laughs> So, <laughs> so he was killed there, unfortunately, um, or fortunately, depending on like which side <laughs> of the divide you're on, really. Um, and the leadership of the expedition was assumed by a chap under his command called Juan Sebastian Elcano. And when Magellan died, uh, his slave, Enrique, also continued the journey. And it's actually suggested that Enrique was actually the first one to circumnavigate the globe. Oh. Because when the ships did eventually come back, they didn't actually come back to the same port. And so Enrique then continued on to the same, the first port, because obviously he had to report the news of the death. And so ah. there is potential. I mean, it's it's very hard to corroborate. Yeah. But there's potential that Enrique was actually the first one to legitimately finish that Point last, you know, like five yeah. miles or ten miles. Good or on you, Enrique. Yeah. I mean, he didn't really have a choice being a slave, yeah. I guess. So like, you know, he he wasn't a page. I think he, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we can give him some glory. Yeah. Yeah. So. We can definitely. Yeah. Uh, so is, I mean, it's, it's 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 still up for debate. You know, it, it bit of a myth to there as well. So we're not sure. 
Anyway, the expedition does finally reach the Spice Islands in November 1521, where they loaded the remaining ships with precious cloves, yummy, yummy cloves, and other spices. <laughs> cloves for days. Clove for days. And on the way back to Spain, one of the two ships was captured by the Portuguese, leaving oh. only, only one ship left. Wow. So, which is called the Victoria. And the Victoria was the only ship to return Actually back Actually named, I would say. So under Elcano's command, Victoria returned in September 1522, thus completing the first known circumnavigation of the Earth. And uh, of the 200 and something people that set off, 270, only 18 of the original crew no. survived. You this don't like those odds. Grueling three-year voyage. Wow. Um, and like the thing is, like you know, the expedition barely made any profit because they lost four ships. And yeah. how, how many clove can you fit on one on ship one that's ship. worth four other ships? Yeah. Plus, not to mind the the life insurance and indemnity for all the oh, all yeah. the lost sailors and the the court costs. I yeah, mean, you're going to exactly. be tied up in legal. Uh, it it did <laughs> prove like you know a sort of a valuable in its own right for the knowledge of the globe's geography, just for one thing, and the Pacific Ocean. And it sort of like finally put to bed once and for all, you know, the sort of the the big overarching question: just just how big is the world? You yeah. know, just how big <laughs> is it? We you know and what was the answer? <laughs> uh, pretty big. Pretty big. Pretty about four ships and three years worth yeah um and it laid the foundations then for future exploration and colonization across the pacific oh good yeah yeah so good news uh one other fun fact before i wrap up is that magellan also discovered on his voyage in the pacific ocean the magellanic clouds another thing he named after himself yeah which are two irregular dwarf galaxies that are visible only from the southern hemisphere no so, way yeah yeah, yeah. So he, i mean Again, people probably did see them, but he just made a specific note of them. And also, like, the people that live there know about them. Yeah. He, he probably did have some magnification type devices with him as well. Um, like, a you know, digital zoom. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he had, a like, a really wide aperture camera. Yeah, he did, That yeah. he just let go for the whole... Well, there you go. Uh, Magellan, you know, uh, it is a big, important part of history. It is somewhat, I would say, coloured by all the things about it. <laughs> 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 but it is important nonetheless. Yeah. Can you imagine how cool the stars would look like if you're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean? Man, you'd be able to see everything. I could find some galaxies. Yeah, true. Even, <laughs> even these eyes could find some galaxies. If you plot me down in the middle of the Pacific. I don't know. We, we discussed, discussed your lack of balance. You might not be able to. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I think if I laid down on the... <laughs> we I'm strapped actually, you down to the <laughs> I'm the a very forecastle. good sailor for what it's worth. But, but it's it's an act of imperialism to name any of them, isn't it? Without consulting yeah. Yeah. the aliens. But I'm, but I'm, <laughs> the I'm aliens cool, that inhabit though. the galaxy. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm cool. Mm. That's what Magellan thought yeah. about all, all nah, his naming I, of things. I think he knew. Anna, I'm officially cancelling you. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's about time. <laughs> Well, from conquering unknown territories to one of history's greatest epidemics, which oh. is what I'm going to talk about today. Is this Pogs? Pogs. They were That's everywhere. right. Pogs. <laughs> invented <laughs> in 1519. Um, no, not Pogs, not the Black Plague, not smallpox, but dancing mania. Dancing no. mania? Dancing mania. This is a real thing, I swear. And we'll get into all the modern hypotheses of what was actually behind it. But first, the history. Uh, so dancing mania is also known as choreomania, tarantism, or St. Vitus's dance. St. Vitus? 
Vitus, I think, maybe? St. Vitus, uh, his, his dance. Uh, it's basically exactly what it sounds like. Large groups of people start dancing, or at least moving around wildly, and are unable to stop themselves. What? Some can get injured or die of exhaustion or any number of nasty ends, and it just spreads from people to people. I know. With an eye. I see the look on your faces. I promise this is not an elaborate hoax. This I, really happened. It is documented throughout history. This is like Document. a psychosocial thing or like a disease? Or? Yeah. Well, yeah. So there's a lot of theories okay. for why it happened. Um, which... Was it just a really good beat? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, Sometimes the spirit moves you. Um, and uh, I promise we'll get into the theories, but suspend your disbelief while I talk about some examples of it. So the earliest known outbreak, and it is funny because as I was researching this, like obviously we've now all lived through an actual pandemic, epidemic. And so it was very hard to to write things like the earliest known outbreak and then remember that the symptoms were dancing. Yeah. <laughs> like it's very bizarre. Anyway, the earliest known outbreak was in the seventh century and incidents occurred with some regularity until around the 17th century. It almost always happened in Europe, um, but it was pretty widespread throughout Europe. I, I see the looks on your faces. Yeah, I, I promise I, this is not going to end with me saying, psych, none yeah, of okay, this yeah. Okay, this sorry. I, yeah. I can't remove this look of, of, yeah. of what the fuck off my head. So Good. I, I'm pressing my uh, suspension of disbelief button. Good. I am now completely gullible and <laughs> able to follow anything um, you want. Sell me a bridge, whatever it is. Good. Well, speaking of bridges. Mm, I'm interested. In 1278, <laughs> 200 people in the, in the plague, with the plague dancing mania, were dancing over a bridge that then collapsed. Oh, wow. Um, and then the, the survivors <laughs> were uh, like brought nursed back to full health at like a shrine or a church mm. of St. Vitus. And so there was then from then on this legend that it was connected to him, to that saint somehow. Um, one of the first major outbreaks was in the Holy Roman Empire in what is now Germany in 1374. And it spread throughout the region of Germany and even as far away as Italy. And uh, contemporary chronicles describe episodes of dancing mania like this. Um, people paraded around naked and made obscene gestures, which is just like watching a football match <laughs> in some cities. Uh, some acted like animals. People jumped, hopped, and leaped about. They hardly stopped, and some danced until they broke their ribs and subsequently died. Some observers of dancing mania were treated violently if they refused to join in. And most bizarrely, what? dancers had odd reactions to the color red, what? either not being able to perceive it or becoming violent upon seeing it. They also couldn't stand pointed shoes. <laughs> this, well, this sounds... <laughs> I am no. with them there. I am yeah, absolutely with the them there. Worst. They would they hate pinch, Louboutin, they, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> they just pinch your toes. I get it. I can't dance in pointed shoes. And any number of wedding guests can confirm that. I'm assuming the points are supposed to like start after your toes finish right they don't oh. just like conically shape your Classic, feet not together. a woman i mean they start well let's not get into the to the shoes but they yeah they sort of start and then anyway it doesn't okay. matter pointed shoes uh and also the dancers enjoyed their feet being hit <laughs> <laughs> okay what <laughs> this All is right. just a bunch of people with like some very niche things yeah. that they, they're into or anti red, yeah anti i know red. who who can say well, I can say in about one minute. Not shaming. Uh, not no, shaming. not shaming. No, love no. love a dance, no matter what your motivation. 
Uh, okay, so this brings us to 1518. Mm. Yes, I know the year we're talking about is 1519, but I found this and it was either talk about this fascinating dancing plague or like Cortez and, and yeah. the Aztecs yeah, and, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, really grim stuff on this comedy podcast. So I chose <laughs> Dancing Mania. <laughs> Good choice. Yeah. Good choice. So in Strasbourg in... Um, 1518 it's july 1518 and a woman named frau trophea began to dance fervently in the street and she kept it up for about a week straight after some time (laughs) three dozen people had joined her and by august a month later it was up to 400 victims um now the source i read said uh, 400 victims were quote eventually consumed by the dancing compulsion uh it's really unclear if anybody died and if so how many people died but several contemporary sources say at least a number of them did die and some reports said as many as 15 people per day were dying which if you're organizing a dance dance dance-a-thon is not a great outcome no 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 no, no, it's really not really really not so uh, the dancers suffered a variety of ailments, including chest pains, convulsions, hallucinations, hyperventilation, epileptic fits, and visions. In the end, most simply dropped down, overwhelmed with exhaustion. Enter the town leaders, who tried lots of things to stop the mania. <gasps> heavy like, shoes? <laughs> heavy, yeah. Really, really <laughs> square-toed shoes. Yeah. Uh, they banned the color red. No, um, but just as silly, my favorite of their attempts was them working on the theory that the solution to the dancing mania was more dancing. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, you know, you get caught smoking a cigarette, you're going to yes, smoke the whole pack exactly. and be more addicted to nicotine. That's yeah. exactly what it is. So the town leaders arranged these giant venues for the dancers to gather in. They hired musicians to play alongside and they hired professional dancers to come join in with the people who were undergoing the mania um how do we think that helped i'm gonna say poorly <laughs> yeah. did that yeah did, did, that did the, make the problem worse it did in fact make the problem worse <sighs> it exacerbated the contagion and the mania spread even to those musicians and professional wow. dancers and, who were, and were they dancing in the absence of music as well like yeah oh yeah uh, and so like what's the difference between dancing and just kind of like i guess some sort of like fitting or something yeah like that? You know, well like, it, what, yeah people say dancing because that's like the easiest way to describe it i think it covered all manner of like bodily movement yeah they weren't like doing step ball changes it wasn't just like jazz hands everywhere but it was um it was in many cases dance like enough that to separate it from any sort of like involuntary yeah 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 yeah. like like i guess like a sort of an epileptic fit yeah exactly devoid of right i think um, some people were probably more on that end but other people were literally just dancing um and so yeah this this whole this whole thing there's a lot of speculation but yeah so um, that was not a great idea. It did not lead to any sort of solution to the dancing mania. Uh, the next great idea by the town leaders was to ban dancing. Mm-hmm. And it worked just about as well as it did in Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for some reason, by September, so started in July. So by September, the mania began to subside and the people stopped. So let's speculate on some causes. 
as I mentioned at the beginning, there is no consensus for for why this happened and why it has happened repeatedly throughout history. And every theory has at least one hole or doesn't cover some yeah. element of what was happening. But before you go into that, how, yeah. is there anything in sort of modern history like this? No. So there have been no outbreaks of this like dancing mania since the 17th century. There are a couple of unknown social psych psychoactive events like there was something called like a uh, laughing epidemic in the 1960s oh, wow, okay. in what's now tanzania where a bunch of schoolgirls were like just started laughing uncontrollably oh, wow, and it yeah. kind of spread throughout a whole village or something yeah. um but there have been no mentions of the dancing yeah uh, i mean i think with the laughing that sort of makes a bit more sense because that could be just a chemical thing in the brain so yeah. it affects that yeah and Whereas if you're like teenage girls yeah, pre-teen yeah, yeah, yeah. pre pre girls yeah but the the dancing mania has not there have been no documented mm. outbreaks of it since the 17th century so <laughs> Some of the causes speculated. So a lot of, as you can imagine, a lot of medical theories have been put forward, including encephalitis, mm. epilepsy, typhus. But those conditions can't account for all the symptoms. And some aren't contagious. You know, you can't like, catch mm -hmm. epilepsy. Yeah. Um, so it would be hard to have one sort of disease or condition explain why how how so many dozens or hundreds of people were, were doing yes. this yeah uh my favorite theory is uh that there's a fungus called ergot that grows commonly on grains like rye and mm. especially if there's been heavy rains or flooding it really thrives on these grains and if you ingest it you get poisoned it's called ergotism and ergotamine is the main psychoactive product of the fungus and it's structurally similar to lsd oh, right. okay so we could just be talking about a massive acid trip yeah 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 um, that's fascinating and that was like the prevailing theory for a while because ergotism can cause hallucinations and convulsions but it can't account for all of the strange behavior most commonly identified with dancing mania so mm. again it can cover like some bit but maybe not all of what was happening it, it might be like multifaceted so that could be part of yeah. it and sort of like society oh yeah we'll start losing yeah. it or whatever you know so yeah there's there's something called like a mass psychogenic illness which is physical symptoms with no known physical cause are which is what everyone has wake group. up sheeple <laughs> <laughs> okay the aliens are among us exactly yeah it's, it's called sheeple disease yeah. uh, in, in uh, common parlance uh, medicis are real <laughs> <laughs> i haven't even gotten to them no just kidding they're not involved or are they? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it could be that some people were actually suffering from medical issues. Some people had ingested this fungus. Some people joined in because that's a very common social response is to, yeah. to join in. Um, another one of the theories is that it was a response to stress and tension. And it was just the result of, you know, living, being a human being in these times was, I imagine, fairly stressful and it's possible the mania was just a way of releasing the shared stress and by doing it together people would become ecstatic yeah. and see visions and this sort of group catharsis mm. um and in strasbourg at the time there was a really strong presence of smallpox and syphilis among other diseases so it's possible that they just danced their way through the pain um oh, which maybe. you know i think we've all been there <laughs> <laughs> rejection on a wedding dance floor yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh and then the final theory is that it was all staged 
and oh. that the dancing mania was uh, actually just religious cults who were acting out these wild dances similar to yeah ancient Greek and Roman rituals that they were trying to bring back and that the people who weren't in the cult thought the behavior was strange only because they were unfamiliar with it, but okay. it was actually all staged. So who knows? I think you're right that it was probably some combination of all yeah, of those yeah. things. Um, I think the fact that it only really happened in Europe implies maybe there was this a religious element yeah, to yeah, it yeah, yeah. and that people you know, that it's associated with a saint and the kind of idea of just having sp the spirit move you having visions having having convulsions yeah. and everything but that is dancing mania that is incredible it's how completely preposterous yeah i know, I know. it's <laughs> crazy yeah so it hit its peak in the 16th century uh including at 1518 in strasbourg and then it generally died out and uh haven't been any episodes in the last couple hundred years so i, I looked it up by the way saint vitus yeah uh he's a patron saint as you know all catholic patron saints i think they get to choose three good ones and two bad ones uh, -huh. uh so he is the patron saint of this dancing disease uh, he's also the patron saint of epilepsy dancers in general actors comedians but he's also uh, the patron saint of oversleeping <laughs> and boilermakers, <laughs> which wow. is a niche trade. Yeah, I um, I need a patron saint of oversleeping. I'm going to start <laughs> praying to him. And the reason why he is uh, the patron saint of boilermakers is because, of course, he was tortured in Iraq and then boiled alive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well, Catholic Church. Well really done, close Catholic to the Church. bone. Oh, you love that. <laughs> so anyway, dancing plague. Done. So ridiculous. Okay, this week I'm going to talk about a guy with perhaps the most exceptional name we've had on the podcast yet. Wow. Maybe. That's, Will? A, that's a high bar. <laughs> although, yourself? Although it's, it's certainly up there anyway. So it's a guy called Sir Marmaduke Constable. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> no, it's not. Marmaduke. And this guy was a nobleman. He was a courtier and a soldier. Of course he's a nobleman. He's not going to be like some guy polishing shoes, the yeah. name like Marmaduke. Yeah. Sir Marmaduke. Sir Marmaduke. Sir Marmaduke Constable. Did you know that there's a comic strip called Marmaduke? No. Which is oh. about a Great Dane, a giant oh. dog who gets up to hilarious antics. Oh, wonderful. I should read it. Uh. It's, it's, it sounds like an American comic. <laughs> yeah. Not anyway. like Arbino and Dandy. Yeah, they also made a movie. Who is it voiced by? This is going to be important because everything Will says needs to be in this person's voice. Well. Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Marmaduke, Marmaduke the Great Dane. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I mean, this person, it doesn't, I mean, I haven't read anywhere that he's not a Great Dane. Yep. So it's possible. I think maybe <laughs> just imagine there. imagine this person being a Great Dane. Good. So this this Great Dane like was a Hamlet. nobleman. <laughs> What? Like Hamlet. Like Hamlet was also <laughs> exactly right. That's funny. Um, so, and he uh, was a guy who served successive kings. So he managed to serve Richard III, Henry VII, which is actually quite difficult to do if you're going to know the history. They didn't really like each other. And then, uh, and then Henry VIII um, as well, who was oh. the son of Henry VII. Um, and he was born around 1456. And he was the eldest son and heir of a guy called Sir Robert constable from flamborough in yorkshire flamborough <laughs> yeah why did you point at me then <laughs> because you love flans i do love flans i love bras i love yorkshire that's true 
and um uh and his uh his mother was a woman called agnes wentworth and just a little note on on his mother agnes so she was the daughter of a woman called marjorie le dispenser um or marjorie the dispenser because um, <laughs> uh, she had like a cannabis dispensary or something. Yeah. she had a cannabis dispensary yeah, yeah, yeah. or exactly. she just loved like little bon mot just like dispensing wisdom right exactly yeah, yeah. in tiny little little wrapping. nuggets yes exactly yeah. i just can't help but picture sean bean in this like <laughs> <laughs> Sean Bean, but also a Great Dane. You know nothing, Marmaduke. <laughs> <laughs> nailed, nailed the axe. Uh, you're welcome. Was that a Sheffield that was, that was that was that was that was really on point for the time. It it's was really like, drifted since then. Oh, that was it's sorry. Like that's he a was 16, in the room. 15, 16th century yep. Sheffield. Yep. Yeah. 13th, yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that is actually what it sounded like. So this family, the Constable family, they had this long history, a very long history of supporting the crown in military campaigns that had gone back for a few hundred years. And as an as an aside. By by the way, this is basically how like the whole of the English aristocracy originally were given their lands, just like by being, you know, a warlord in service what? to another They took warlord. the land from the locals? No. Is that the Sheffield accent again? <laughs> that was my, uh, per, you know, sarcastic Sheffield. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. So this family had been loyal to for so long to successive kings that by 1483, um, Constable uh, was became what was called a, quote, knight of the body, unquote. Ooh. Uh, to, which is K-N-I-G-H-T. Oh. Knight uh, of the body with an N is, uh, yeah. I think, a club in London in <laughs> yeah. the South Bank you can go to somewhere. It's definitely a flavour of Lynx uh, body spray, I think. <laughs> And uh, so he was a knight of the body to Richard III. And then he was he was granted lands, you know, in this you know, way that they all are. So he was granted lands by the king for being loyal, basically, that another, another nobleman had forfeited for trying to rebel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how that, these things go. Yeah. And then on, in 1484, he was given uh, the constable ship of Tutbury Castle. Ooh, uh, Tutbury Castle. <laughs> that's just right. Like- what accent is that, Anna? That's, that was a flawless <laughs> accent. That was a yeah, yeah, flawless exactly. Tutbergian accent. <laughs> um, and, and for people who know the history of the time, Richard III's big battle was uh, his big important one was at Bosworth. Uh, and I heard he gave it in vain. Or is that a different Richard? <laughs> uh, Richard the... Of York. Richard Damn of it. York gave Damn battle it. in vain. Uh, <laughs> And uh, um, Constable, we think, was there at Bosworth um, and was generally being a bit of a legend. And, and he was such a useful soldier that he later then switched sides. Uh, and then, and then uh, became, was given a pardon by Henry VII um, uh, on the 18th of November, 1485. And, and then he was then a knight of the body to that king as well. Wow. Um, wow. By the following year in 1486 and accompanied Richard VII on all his wars in France in the 1490s, which is, which is genuinely quite amazing because those two kings were like, they were not super keen mm. on each other. So he'd have to have been genuinely a really useful guy to have around him bother yep. pardoning him. Uh, he, was a, he was a body. He was. Yeah, yeah. He was a body. Did he have to work his way up like knight of the foot, knight of the, yeah. knight of the knee? Knight, knight of the toe, <laughs> knight of the quadrilateral. Nope, that's not what it's called. <laughs> quadrilateral. <laughs> Spot the athlete. <laughs> uh, my quadrilaterals are in great shape. <laughs> Um, and he then succeeded his father in 1488 and became Sheriff of Yorkshire. 
So he's just got these amazing titles. Yeah. Like, Sheriff of Yorkshire is just so cool. So he's, uh, and uh, Constable of Tutbury Castle. So anyway, he, he, and then in 1513, so we're getting closer now to the, mm. year, the year in question. By the way, he dies in a year that's close to the year we're supposed to be looking at. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. I was waiting for it. <laughs> and, um, which was like, what year, what year are we supposed to be doing? 1519. Yeah, he dies close to that. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, oh my God. And, um, it's weird when Ant's the only one who hit yeah. the year bang on. I mean, I'm... I, oh, look. So, so he on. then he, he then commands the left, the whole left wing at the Battle of Flodden. Um, under, what, the laborers, Labour Party, <laughs> <laughs> the whole the whole of the current modern Labour yeah, Party yeah, yeah. at the Battle of Flodden, which was of course present there in its entirety uh, under Howard. Um, this is Howard of um, who's, who, who's, who's the Howard that marries um, King Henry VIII? Catherine. Catherine, yes, it's the, the same Howard family, the, the Norfolks, and um, uh, and then he received a big letter of thanks from the king. So, but anyway, he, he's basically present at all the big shit oh, that was yeah. going down in that whole period. So he was at Bosworth, he was at Flodden, these like massive things that were going on in Europe at the time, and certainly enormous in English history. What a busy dog he was. A very- <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing he was so tall and could you know leap. From city to city. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's enough material here for perhaps three feature-length movies. Yeah, I think so. About Starring his Owen Wilson. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and, um, <laughs> no, that was Owen Wilson. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and Flodden, Flodden basically marks the end of the Middle Ages in, in England by a lot of yeah, so mm. a lot the, the point at which a lot of historians say, okay, Middle Ages end here. So he was just in the, he was present at all these big moments. Um, and anyway, a word on how he died. And please, so this is this is a very solemn tale so some sources say um and i quote uh, constable died on the 10th of november 1518 after swallowing a frog while drinking a glass of water <laughs> oh my god well, I, <laughs> well he must have had the hiccups or something right oh, i believe that's a key plot point in the movie the parent trap with Lindsay lohan well, that is also something like a dog would probably do rather yeah than <laughs> definitely <laughs> Is it like a euphemism? Is swallowing a frog? No, no. Like... He, lit- he literally swallowed a frog, and and he died because he swallowed a frog. That's what happened. <laughs> you have not come anywhere close to disproving my belief that he is a dog. Well, he was only on step two of getting the fly out of him, so that's you know. Right. <laughs> like... That's right. Yeah, he needed to... what comes after the frog? A bird, probably. Um, and and still today, in the church of St Oswald in Flamborough, you can go and you can read the, a rhyming epitaph oh. describing his life and powers. And I haven't been able to find out. <laughs> Oh, right, okay. no! So if you could go to the, ch- to the church of St. Oswald in Flamborough and let us know, um, you can email in, please. That would be yeah, really so wonderful. Sean Bean, and we know you're listening. Please go to your local Flamborough church. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at it on Google Maps to see if there's any picture of the epitaph and I cannot see anything. <laughs> This is my. This is the problem I encountered, uh, and yeah, so you can email in at randomlygeneratedhistory at gmail That's the one, and uh, that would be great to let us know. Thank you, anyone in the Flamborough area. I think we have. We do have five or six thousand, thousand listeners in Flamborough. <laughs> yeah. We've got good penetration, like 97% of the of Flamborough yeah. 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 I yeah. think they, I think they gather at St. Oswald's they, Church they on gather. Tuesday morning. For the vigil. Just, just look over to your right <laughs> yeah. now, Flamborough, Flamborough <laughs> listeners, and can you just read it off? Do you think us. we get like a, a sort of a, a stenciling? They could just put oh, some yeah, paper on it, a rubbing? Yeah, a rubbing a nice do you send us an etching? Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that'd yeah. be great. Well, can you confirm that Sir Marmaduke Constable is your nickname for a part of your body. <laughs> um, no, it You're is cool. not. It is not. Not least because uh, the, the 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 rank of constable is far too low. <laughs> Chief Inspector. <laughs> At least. Good. Uh, what a what a thoroughly silly. 
two thirds of an episode and also one third of actual history from 1519. The RNG is fuming. Uh, <laughs> he also died 50 days short of the year I was supposed to do. So oh, sorry. that's pretty good. That's pretty close. Close. Yeah, that's close. pretty close. With leap days and stuff, you know. Yeah. Okay, thank you for joining us. Uh, that's like probably everything you need to know about the year 1519 or close to the year 1519, <laughs> as it turns out. Uh, yep, and uh, that just means we need to get a new year. So, Will, I believe the RNG was doing a pilgrimage to St. Oswald's Church <laughs> in Flamborough. That's right, yeah. And um, has returned. I'm FaceTiming with the RNG now, <laughs> okay, which is still okay. in the Church of Flamborough, <laughs> yeah. which yeah. is why it's not in the room. Of course. <laughs> I'm surprised you're not more curious as to why it's not in the room. I did it's wonder bizarre. why it was 20 degrees cooler in here. And than it, usual. it goes to show when the RNG is away, you know, the two podcast hosts will choose a year that's not the right year, <laughs> as the saying goes. Without it looming over us, yeah. forcing us to be more professional. Glowering yeah. at us. Uh, but before I do, um, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can uh, yes. you can do so on our Patreon. Yeah, and we're like we're actually gonna we're engaging with more and more. There's like little games, little quizzes, yeah, little fun facts. There's my, loads of stuff on there. I've come up with a game for today. Do you want to um, do you want a teaser? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry Potter character or real person from medieval times that's a great game so if, if you if you want access to us playing games like this and you want to listen in you can do that on patreon.com slash randomly history yeah and you can you can get a little free trial and then you can support us yeah uh, and you'll be a board member which means that i think you can sit in the house of lords yes uh, that's right yeah, it's a life peerage <laughs> it's a life peerage yep. the benefits of being a board member are yeah house of lords life peerage of course mm -hmm. with full voting rights for a party a political yep. party of your choice yep uh you Mineral exploitation rights yep. and some tundra, I believe, that we have. That's right. Yeah, yeah. there is a portion. We have 400,000 square miles of Russian tundra. <laughs> you can choose a strip of that. Diplomatic plates. You can yes. park anywhere. Yeah, yeah, anywhere yeah, yeah, in yeah. London, in the metropolitan region of uh, area of London. And, and it comes with an uh, no, automatic uh, uh, pardon. and uh, <laughs> Just yeah. preemptively for yeah. whatever you do. So Trump... Exactly. Get on to us. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. If the Donald's listening, please, yeah, please do, please do subscribe. We'll take, we'll take literally anyone's money. Anyone's money. We are, we, are, we do not have um, standards. We have spent so much money on this podcast. It's not even funny. Actually. What, what it actually, what it does, what it actually gives you, though, in all seriousness, is the ability to pick a year. Mm. for us to do on the podcast you're able to hijack the random number generator and and pick a year and of course two hundred thousand pounds cash from <laughs> okay so um i'm firing up I'm, I'm requesting that the random number generator fires up on facetime and uh the um and next year's no hang on next time yep. next episode's there number <laughs> is <laughs> 1187. Oh. Oh, man. Nice. Oh. This is what you get. This is what you get when you piss the RNG off by well, not doing the 1187 year. is a great year, not least because it is the year that Kingdom of Heaven takes place. Is it really? Yeah, it really it's is. It's genuinely. It genuinely is. No, it's not. I swear to God it is. The Kingdom of Heaven, I thought, just was recorded in, what, 2002? <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, that was a live action okay. movie that they just <laughs> shot. You, not all movies take place, like, at the present moment what? at which they were shot. Really? Oh. Yeah. Oh, I thought everything was just documentary. It's not how stories work. You think we would have heard more about the sinking of that boat in 1997? Yeah, true. <laughs> All right, great. Why did I... she throw that necklace away? <laughs> I actually cannot wait for 1187. We'll see you then. See you. Bye. Bye.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.